Good afternoon. One of the primary works on ethics that has been authored in the history of our people is a Sefer that was authored approximately a thousand years ago, known as Chobos Halvavos, the Duties of the Heart. It's divided into several sections. And in the section entitled The Accounting of the Soul, the third chapter, the author describes 30 different primary ideas that every Jew should focus on in the process of achieving spiritual elevation. And the 22nd starts off the following statement. This is the accounting that a person should take with himself with regard to his involvement in the affairs of the world, and his physical existence, in his work for earning a living, all matters where people are helped one by another. For example, he gives agriculture, pl- plowing, planting, harvesting, business, buying and selling. These are things that, of course, each person needs the other. Somebody wants to sell his product, he needs a customer. Someone's looking for a product, he needs someone to produce it, to make it available for sale. He says, regarding all these affairs in life, a person's desire should be, his heart's desire should be, for the benefit of his fellow man, just as he desires his own benefit. And he should reject and try to prevent any harm befalling his fellow man, just as he dislikes that there should be any misfortune coming to himself. And he should fulfill in this manner the great pre- precept, the great command of the Torah of the you should love your fellow man as yourself. And he continues, he says, we should cast for ourselves a parable, an example to help us to relate to this concept. And that would be to imagine a group of people that traveled to a faraway place, we could say maybe some wilderness area in a very uncommonly traveled road where they have a lot of experiences ahead of them of having to camp together. They have a lot of animals with a lot of heavy burdens that require a lot of care, loading and unloading. And the number of people in this group are very few, and they find themselves in a very challenging situation, such that for them to be successful, able to make, th- make it through this journey, at the very least with their possessions intact, and to get to their destination, it is essential that they should help each other to load and unload, that their desire should be 
for the benefit of all, to try to make things easier, each one for the other, that they should want, that they should be, in a sense, equally helped. No one should be neglected. Everyone should be equally cared for in their group. And then they'll be successful. They'll make it through with their possessions intact and alive and well. But if their hearts will be divided and they will not agree on one plan and each one will try to help only himself, then most of them will succumb to exhaustion. Maybe they'll be able to escape with their life, but they won't be able to salvage their animals and their material possessions that they were trying to transport. And he continues and he says, in the same way we find in the daily affairs of life, for most people, the world is very burdensome. Their, their life's burden is quite difficult. Most are quite unhappy, frustrated. And he says that's largely because, primarily because, each person is seeking to have his material success, his share, his lot, so to speak, in life, all for himself. He's not a mindset to want to share it with others. And in, in addition, he's looking to gain maybe more than what he really needs in a way of somewhat infringing on what might be the otherwise proper share of others. And as a result of that, they are frustrated, they're unhappy. But by contrast, if their desire would be for the wish and the hope that all should be cared for, all should be benefited, everyone should contribute what they have to contribute to society, each one has their area of expertise, and their intention was that what they have to offer should reach those that need it and vice versa, then they will be successful, then their life will be of a pleasant and gratifying, satisfying nature, and they will be spared the misery that is so common in the world. So just to pause and sort of backtrack a bit. It goes without saying that the Sefer Chavos Havavos is not written as a, um, a, a self-help book for successful material existence. It's certainly not written as a survival guide for wilderness travel. And any time we find the expression of a marshal, a parable, that means to convey that there is somewhat of a lofty concept that we need help to understand it. As we find in the Torah, so many places where our Creator is compared to a king, compared to a father. There are, there are material life examples that are used to help us to relate to those concepts that are really very lofty. So, it's quite uh, 
evidence and certain that the Chavos Lavavos is using this description as a way to help us to understand something. But what is it that needs to be understood? He was talking about the principle that you have to love your fellow man as yourself. It seems to be quite understandable to recognize the, the greatness, the exaltedness, the belovedness of every Jew. The mission of us says, every human being is beloved to Hashem. He's created in the divine image. And every Jew, even more so, Jewish people are called Hashem's children. The Pasuk says, you are my children. We would imagine if there would be a need for a marshal for this, the Chalos of us would describe a situation where maybe the beloved crown prince of the country is traveling or trying to travel incognito. And he comes into your town and you recognize that this is the crown prince. What kind of a welcoming you would give him? What kind of a showering of, of honor and admiration without attracting anybody's attention, not to blow his cover, of course. But what kind of embrace he would embrace, the beloved crown prince, the one who is destined to be the king that everyone is looking forward to and, and counting on and admiring so much. That would be a marshal to describe how we should relate to our fellow Jew. What is this description of a group of people in the wilderness that need to help each other if they'll be divided they're mostly not going to make it. But if they'll desire the benefit of all, they'll want to be equal, and they'll agree on a single plan for all, then they'll be successful. How is this a marshal for the fundamental principle of to desire the benefit of my fellow Jew? And it seems that Chalvas Lovas is teaching us that the fundamental principle of of the love of the Jew one for another is not primarily just an individual-based concept, not to minimize that at all, but at the very least it's not limited to that. It's not only I care for this individual, I respect this individual, exalt this individual. No, there's, there's much more than that. Let's try to put ourselves in that situation of finding ourselves with a group that might otherwise uh, have been unconnected. We set out on this journey together, a caravan, some kind of, a, you know, wilderness uh, expedition, and we find ourselves under unexpected, very trying conditions. What is the mindset that needs to take place, that hopefully takes place, that enables that group to make it through? What happens in their, in their mind and heart to create the condition that will enable them to be successful? I think if you know, we read stories of this kind of nature, the, the fundamental principle is that that group forges a single identity. Maybe we could even say, based on what we see 
when they hear from the Torah, they discover that identity. They discover that there is a part, a significant part of the human experience that we are one. And we can relate one to another, all together, as one unit in the fullest sense such that we will not want anyone to be any less cared for than anyone else. I will not want for myself any, any more success in this mission than my fellow man. We have become truly one unit where we are going to make it together or we're not going to make it. And through that forging of the singular mindset they're able to be successful. Then they can really work together. Then everyone is pulling for everyone else. And they can really achieve what needs to be achieved. And this is, it would seem, the concept of the is not really achieved by a person, or not fully, as an individual. It's achieved by the whole cloud together. By every individual recognizing that our truest, deepest identity is as a nation, not as an individual, or not solely as an individual. There's the individual, of course, who has his identity and his part to contribute. But there is a whole unit that the Jewish nation truly is. And in that sense, I will be able to relate to everyone else I'm in contact with in that fashion that I want us to be successful. I want each one of us to be equally cared for, equally benefited. Then it will be a beautiful symphony of each one providing what he has to provide for the needs of others and vice versa. And then there will be the true, even in this world, state of happiness and tranquility oneness and true inner satisfaction but that will also serve as just a marshal to recognize that this is the true identity of the Jewish nation and that's in every way possible whatever we are doing is bringing about the success that is intended by the creation and by the giving of the Torah not for individuals as individuals but for the individuals as part of the nation. And the Sephora says this very clearly, that Hashem's intention in His taking us out of Mitzrayim, giving us the Torah, was that that goal should be achieved by all of us, from amongst all of us, by the nation as a unit. And this is the real meaning. We have to hakamocha, and this is the real secret to a life of true happiness, success, everything good. Thank you very much.